Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ramble On with me, Marcus Speller, and him, Andy Brassel. Hello. Andy, it's not teams of our lives, it's Ramble On, but we have teamed up once again to give our patron people a fantastic pod. Rambling on in a different context. Very different context, indeed. Today, everybody, we are going to be talking about the weirdest transfers in the history of humankind. The more incongruous, the better, I think, Andy, with, with this one. Because who would have thought that uh, little Lionel Messi would have gone to Paris Saint-Germain? Who would have, who would have predicted that a year ago, Andy? Um, <laughs> Some people. <laughs> Some people. Some people. Um, Andy, uh, we, we all bloody love transfers, don't we? Some people love it too much. Some people think the game is just about transfers, but it is a big part of football. We cannot and should not deny. But you do get some glorious ones that pop up every now and then. You think, blimey, was he there? Or what were they thinking when they got him in? Or, oh, he did well to get all that money at that place, um, etc. and so on. So why don't you kick us off? with uh, a very weird and potentially or possible incongruous transfer. Well, the, the one that you brought up to me was Attilio Lombardo, wasn't it? To Crystal Palace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is still an unusual one. It is. I mean, L- Lombardo obviously won the league with Sampdoria, the only time in, in the club's history. He uh, was at Juventus uh, and, uh, you know, a big player. And then the Bald Eagle. Um, went to uh, the the Eagles of, uh, of of Crystal Palace, and it, it sort of didn't last that long. He did. Okay. I remember him scoring a nice goal away at Leeds United, where he sort of chested it. That was a great goal. Yeah, but, lovely goal. But the fact, but they is, got relegated. That season. they relegated. They got relegated, and he ended up at Palace mm. following two successive Champions League finals. Yeah, <laughs> and that is that is <laughs> odd Juventus. because well, that Juventus team. I mean, Ravinelli going to Middlesbrough. That was a little bit mm. strange. I mean, again, looking back on it, Middlesbrough. Apparently had some money, uh, yes. and they and they, and they spent it. That was at the time when the Premier League was like, "Hey, come over here, and 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 we're going to give you sort of decent wages and so on and so forth." I but mean, it, really, it was all leading to his eventual move to Dundee, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. of course. But, Talking of strange transfers. Well, they were quite weird at the time, but again, at the Premier League, the way it was being sold, we perhaps weren't surprised. It was more exciting. You didn't sort of go, "What? That's ridiculous." Whereas I think when you look back, when you when you think about, it, they were playing for Juventus. Mm. And then they went to two sides that got relegated. Yeah, in the Prem. I mean, it's it's it, it's odd. I mean, you think, say, um, I know Chelsea, and Man City won the Champions League, but let let's say somebody like Real Madrid win the Champions League, or even or PSG, or or whoever. Take mm. your pick. It's, it's it's such a different landscape nowadays. It's hard to kind of compare. But let's say a Bayern Munich and one of their uh, players, like I don't know Serge Gnabry, or or somebody who's kind of doing quite well then suddenly goes to Norwich City after yeah. <laughs> after playing in a Champions League. Do you see what I mean? It's it's it's, it's sort of akin to that, really. Yeah, it's, it's very unusual. Um, you're, you're right, football has changed a lot in the interim. I think the interesting thing with Lombardo is mm. after you get over the shock of him going to Palace in the first place, mm-hmm. is that everything falls to bits there and he ends up as player manager. Yeah. <laughs> with um, Thomas Brolin as interpreter. That was another one, Thomas Brolin. Turned up at Palace. I saw him play for Palace at that time. Did you? Yeah, he didn't play very well, and then he turned up. I think he was. There was a footage of him playing in goal in an amateur league in Sweden. Yes. Years later, I don't know whether that was a one-off or, or he did kind of reinvent himself as a goalkeeper. But anyway, so some so interesting it's a little focus on Crystal Palace there. Yes, yeah, so, I mean some some weird ones generally mm. have ended up in the the, the, the Premier League, mm. and I remember 
going back to the beginning of the the, the Premier League, yeah. um, it, it still felt like a shock when you had Ruud Hullet turn up and when you had mm-hmm. Gianluca Vialli turn up. Okay, we know Chelsea had money. And it, wasn't, you, it wasn't a weird transfer, though. It, it, it felt like a big thing. It was, it felt but, like a but big Chelsea thing. were kind of building. You could see there was a... I wouldn't put it down as weird or incongruous. Um... I, I think for for someone like me, like Robert Yarney to Coventry City, Andy. Yeah, there, there you go. Robert Prozinecki to, to to Portsmouth. Portsmouth. I mean, come on, or, that's what we're talking about. All the Croatian Roberts. Yeah, that's exactly. what it's about. Exactly. No, I I think for someone like me who grew up with Rud Hullet being, if not the best player in the world, pretty close. Yes, he was. Yeah. Him ending up at Chelsea, who were largely terrible for the, the first few years of, of, of me going to football, certainly. Mm. And, you know, we know that the Matthew Harding era was only really a, a bridge to what happened with Abramovich of, of eventually. Chelsea weren't still big there. It was an enormous signing for them. can't believe you said anything about Ken Bates there. <laughs> Why are you disrespecting Batesy? <laughs> I would never disrespect Batesy in your presence again. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> but th- that, that was the incredible thing about Robert Yarney, as, as you say. It mm. turned out to be only a bridge. So when he went from... Bettis to Coventry before yep. the '98 World Cup. Why not? Eh? Um, and uh, it's only a fact. Then he was, <laughs> then he was at Coventry for a matter of weeks yeah. before they resold him at a small profit to to Real Madrid. Yeah, it's a well trodden path. That um, Andy, I know talking of Real Madrid, the one you were keen to talk about was Julian Faubert. Yeah. Now that is that is. Um, it's it's it's. I think it's a it's a better example than Thomas Graveson, because Graveson going to Real Madrid did seem a little bit of a, a leap. It was a it was a leap, and it it seemed a little bit of a novelty for the Real Madrid fans for a few games. It soon wore off, but they were in the market for a defensive midfielder, ta- tough tackling type player. So again. It was a surprise, but it wasn't that incongruous, if you see what I mean. And Fobert had not had the best time since leaving Bordeaux. No. And, um, you know, he's, he's a player of considerable promise there, got in the France team. Mm-hmm. And um, then at West Ham, he ends up not really working out and being used quite a lot as a right back, which rather than mm. being seen as a way to, you know, supercharge and your team and unlock its attacking capabilities in those days was just seen as a demotion really wasn't it mm. and um, that did, was did he as... fall asleep on the bench at Real Madrid that can't be true <laughs> that was always a, there was a there was a story that did the rounds but television pictures suggested that okay Let, let's, let's, let's put it that way mm. but I think the bit that everyone really remembers mm. from him signing at, at Real Madrid is that photo and the film of him getting the shirt from mm. the legendary Alfredo Di Stefano and Di Stefano sort of looking at him and who are you? Yeah. It was unfortunate. I mean I I spoke to Fober about it like a few years ago. Mm. And he was like, well I, I know people found it weird. I found it weird, but I was playing for Real Madrid. Who cares? You're gonna go. <laughs> and I don't really think there's much arguing with that, is there? Did he have a good time there? He, d- he didn't make a massive impact, no. No, but as in he personally, when you're saying, "Oh, I don't really care. I want to go for Real Madrid," which I totally understand. Yeah, he, d- he enjoyed the experience. Yeah, I, I, d- I don't think he was ever under the impression that he was going to be a a first team regular or, no. or or a first eleven regular. Mm. Um, 
Carlos Tevez and uh, Javier Mascherano to West Ham. Now, there's an, a story behind there. Yes, but that's on the, unusual. On the face of it, though, on the face of it, that was very strange at the time. And obviously, you know, I do your own research on that, ladies and gentlemen, because mm. it, it's a bit convoluted and, and, and whatnot. But obviously, there was... Uh, there's been various kind of um, allegations, you'd go as far to say, and suggestions of what was motivated. Well, in terms of, in terms of them being registered, they're, they're mm. not allegations; they're facts. And yeah, okay, yeah. You know, it, um, I'm, I'm sure Sheffield United fans will still have a few mm. words to, to to say about that. But yeah, them arriving at West Ham in the first place <laughs> was extraordinary. But do you not think that was odd? But when we're talking about some of these other transfers. And we think, yeah, that was a bit weird. But then they went on and like Ravinelli played well at Middlesbrough. Mm. He, did, he did work, scored a lot of goals there. Um, and and Faubert, it's a bit of an odd one, but sometimes you get these mega clubs who just kind of stockpile players, as we know, or just kind of get, yeah, we'll take a punt because we've got the money. It was, just, it was just an opportunity. Yeah. They, they needed a wide right player and it was an opportunity. Totally. And if yeah. you're Coventry City, why on earth would you not want Robert Yarny to have a go? Or, or Prozenecki, you know, Luke will say he's one of the best, if not the best players he's ever seen at Portsmouth. Yeah. You know, it makes sense for the club to sign that kind of player. And if that player is a um, bit older or not wanting to try that hard or whatever it may yeah. be. You kind of uh, sort of work this out. Those two going to West Ham, it was so weird that it was always going to be investigated. They were never going to kind of get away kind of... Well, when I say get away, as in it was, it was never going to go unnoticed. Well, it felt unusual when they went to Corinthians in the, in, in, in the first place. Right. Um, because this was... Brazil now has money and you mm. can see that with the, the the makeup of the teams that are in the back end of the Libertadores mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case to the same extent then as it is now so mm. them leaving Argentina and not going to Spain or Italy but going to Brazil had been a bit of a shock anyway mm. but then the West Ham thing is totally mm. totally out of left field yep. I, I still can't work out if the weirdest thing about that transfer was them ending up at West Ham or the fact that Alan Pardew said, you know what, I, I, I think Hayden Mullins is better than Javier Mascherano. <laughs> I'm going to play him instead. <laughs> I know, it's amazing, wasn't it? I remember when Liverpool, eventually Mascherano played for Liverpool. Obviously, he was putting in performances. And that Champions League final against Milan, I think it was the one they, they, they lost 2-1. Yeah, well, he wasn't in for three. 2007, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course it was that one. And he was brilliant. And Liverpool were unlucky that day. Mm. And people were saying... Mascara's a decent player and it's like yeah <laughs> tell, that, tell that to old Pardew you know incredible absolutely incredible um, what about Bebe to Manchester United yes <laughs> another unusual one yes I, I, I think people the, the thing is I've, I've, I've spoken about this before and the fact that um, when Portuguese football has a player or a coach mm-hmm. and with the continuing reach and um, celebration of Cristiano Ronaldo and Jose Mourinho you, yeah, see, you, you see that like when one of their players makes it mm-hmm. in Europe it's, it's, it's a huge thing yeah. you know when one of their players signs for a huge European club or one of their coaches it's, it's a huge thing and it's a massive story um, there was only one of the several sports papers in um, Portugal that had it on the cover mm-hmm. the following day when he uh, the, the day after he signed for Manchester United, and that was a sidebar. And it's simply because no one knew who he was. Yeah. No one knew who he was because he'd been in the third tier of of, of Portuguese football with Estadio Amadora and uh, done all right. Um, and he'd turned up just to recap for those who aren't aware at uh, Guimarães. Um, Guimarães. Um, he had a good pre-season there, and um, Spurs and Real Madrid actually 
inquired. They were told um, it cost around a million euros. Spurs were like, yeah, no, that's too much for us. And then he ends up at Manchester United for substantially more mm. a, a few weeks later. Now, I think when you look at his background, I mean, it's always looked upon as a bit of a joke, this transfer, really. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, he was he was homeless for spells as a, as, as a teenager. Mm. He, Incredible story. He, he, had, he had a tough life. And, and then all of a sudden he's catapulted into this, into this world that he's probably not really ready for. But if you look at his career since, since Manchester United, um, he's um, been to Pajiktas, he's had some um, good spells at Real Vallecano, where he's, he still is now, and he's, he's, he's been a good player um, in the bottom half of the top division in Spain and mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the top half of the second second tier. Um, I, I, I think it's actually a pretty amazing story, yeah. really. You think this guy who grew up with nothing... Mm. It's made a good career for I was himself. Say, he's made a living out and of like, being like, a footballer. So, so if if you want to take the piss, go ahead. But he's he's laughing, mm-hmm. and he should be. Yeah, all right. Well, he I should will, be. Oh, as you've invited me to, I will take the piss then. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but it, it was a funny one at the time, and it still seems like a bit of a funny one, really despite unusual. what he went on to go on. Really, on, on you know. Well, he was he was overpriced. Let's put it that way. He was way overpriced. Yes, uh, I, I think when uh, Sam Allardyce was at Bolton, when he started getting some big names in at the start again it was you see like Ivan Campo or Yuri mm. Djulkaev JJ Kocha but then of course once you get one through and then another it's it suddenly like well they, they, he's clearly got this pool and some of these players but, have... but the, the the list and even some of the ones that didn't work out yet Freddie Bobic he had, he had a decent time there um, Mario Jardel yeah Jardel. Mario Jardel mm. you know someone who scored goals in Champions League quarterfinals mm-hmm it's, it's extraordinary. Really. It is, yeah, it is. One I really wanted to bring in, yes, as far as weird transfers go, is uh, Majid Waris. Who I, I don't, um, I've not heard of him, Andy. Oh, he's he's a forward, pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's he's still in France at the moment uh, with Strasbourg, but um, when he ar- initially arrived in France, he was leaving Trabzonspor, mm-hmm. and um, Ren thought they were signing him. Oh, did they? And um, so they a- arrive. Um, at the airport, the entourage, to pick him up, get him back to the club offices and uh, get him to sign a contract. And uh, so he gets off the plane mm. from, um, I guess it would have been Istanbul to Paris and then um, Paris out to Rennes. And um, the the Rennes delegation are waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, sorry, lads, not you. And um, he gets picked up by... Um, uh, an entourage from Lorient and he goes back and signs there. Oh my goodness. That's absolutely outrageous. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... That was, I suppose, yeah, weird in, in one sense that what happened in the in the, in, in the doings. It's very, very weird. Very yeah. weird indeed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, it's almost David Unsworth-esque. <laughs> yes. Although at least he actually went to where did he go west? Was it West Ham? He went, he, and then he went, went back to he went from West Ham mm. to Villa. Yeah, didn't like the commute. I think John John Gregory said something about him finding his dinner in the bin a couple of times, and um, then yeah, ended up being sold back to Everton for the same price, which I guess was around three million. A couple of weeks later, yeah. but I think he was at Villa an even shorter time that Robert Yarney was at, at Coventry and he was never going to stay there. <laughs> yeah, madness. Absolute madness. You, you do get um, 
Some interesting transfers. Again, I stress sort of at the time, it was like, wow, where did that come from? I didn't see that happening. Mm. And then, of course, the plot thickens. And as time goes on, you kind of go, oh, yeah, I see that. But one of those ones for me was when Man City signed Rubinho. Yes. And again, that seems, it wasn't that long ago. And that seems a bit like, why is that outrageous, the amount of money they had? But at the time, when Rubinho suddenly went to Manchester City, he was a Real Madrid player. Sometimes it can be underplayed. <clears throat> and City then were not City now. Certainly not. They were obviously building and that was, they kind of overshot a little bit with that one because he had some moments definitely at the start of Man City. There was some, mm. some, some, some nice moments, but it soon kind of unraveled and it, you know, he wasn't interested and he was a bit like, you know, what, what's this crap about? He, he, he was disinterested, let's be honest. He wanted to play for a bigger side and challenging for league titles and all that kind of and, stuff. And really in a precursor to future transfers and I guess leading us to where we are now. Well, yes. It was really quite difficult to get rid of him on the wages that he was on. Uh, completely. But, uh, you know, he'd come from Real Madrid and when he was, he, he didn't he, wasn't he trying to strong arm Real Madrid to give him a better contract and he was threatening to leave or he wanted to leave because maybe Chelsea were going in for him at the time. It was definitely a link to Chelsea. Thought he was going to Manchester United at one point. Yes, exactly. He was thinking, I'm going to get a big money move. He'd, he'd been very important in Real Madrid winning the league around that time. And I think people can forget, actually, he for a season or two at Real Madrid, he was a really good player. Yeah. I know sometimes that he's a bit blighted of being a bit bitty kind of player. And he, and he has been at, at times, but very, very important for Real Madrid around that time. And then Man City come out of nowhere, just going, yeah, we'll pay that. And Real Madrid go, oh, Thanks very much. <laughs> See you later, young man. And uh, and off he went. But that was a bit of a that was a funny one as well. And Rubinho to um to Man City. Would would you would... Michael Owen to Manchester United? Or is that a bit harsh? Because it's not that weird. It was a surprise. Yeah, I suppose so. He was on his way to Hull. Remember, he had that Michael Owen brochure that he was handing out to people, saying, yeah. you know, do you remember this? That was that goal against Argentina and so on. And then he was off. He was, I think, he was going to Hull to do something. And Ferguson just went, "Yeah, I might have room for you. Thanks very much. You, you look like you got potential to the, score the, a winner in a Manchester derby. Yeah, they'll always have the, the <laughs> derby winner against City. Exactly. Yeah, but I think it was a bit of a strange one at the time. Yeah, I, I, I'm prepared to accept that. Okay. Well, that's very gracious of you. I know. I thought so. What about Wimbledon back in the day? Was there any signings, Andy, where you thought, "What on earth have we got in for?" Oh, blimey! I didn't expect that. When we signed John Hartson right. in 1999, mm -hmm. I remember thinking, oh my God, we've just spent £7 million on a player. Turned out it was seven and a half. Right. And obviously, very fine striker, mm. not in the best shape No, uh, when he arrived and, and took him a while to get there. And he had a very strange, although intermittently very good mm -hmm. spell with um, Wimbledon. But of course... Um, the club was still trying to move itself to Dublin at the time, so yeah. it was a, it was a very unusual time. And uh, you know, some have suggested that it was you know to sort of cover up what else was going on to sort of sate the fans, really, um, because it was it was just a stunning transfer, really, for 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 that to, to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, there had been talk um, going back to the original move from Plough Lane to Selhurst Park, the temporary, in inverted commas, move from uh, mm -hmm. um, Plough Lane to Selhurst Park, that um, to sate the fans as, as, as a little, we're sorry for your inconvenience, mm -hmm. um, that they were going to sign um, a young Gabriel Batistuta. Really? And he chose Fiorentina instead. Oh, yeah. How could it have been so different? Can you believe that? Well, I guess once he realised that he couldn't play European football at Plough Lane, what's the point? Mm. 
Yeah, I know. I completely agree. I I think um, one kind of slightly innocuous transfer for me, living in Scotland at the time, was Paul Lambert to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, that's right. Well, re- remember, he was he's, he was the first major Bosman. Mm. So out of contract at Motherwell, mm-hmm. went for a trial at PSV Eindhoven. That's right. That didn't work out because he was working with a Dutch agent. Mm-hmm. And then it was because Paulo Sosa got injured. They wanted a bit of cover for him. Mm-hmm. So Otmar Hitzfeld said to him, well, you know, you, you're not going to be my first pick, but um, if you want to come along and cover Paolo, that'd be great. He took the chance. They ended up playing together, yeah. of course, in the Champions League final, where at the end of that season, they, they beat Lombardos, or just about Lombardos, uh, Juventus in, in Munich. Yeah. Amazing. The, the, it's so odd because he was only there for a year and a bit at Borussia Dortmund, you look at his clubs and he played for St Mirren for, for a number of seasons at St Mirren. It wasn't yes. like, I think, again, the way players who go on to win Champions Leagues, it's usually they're at a smaller club for a season or two and then they quickly get picked up. But that's now, isn't it? I yeah, mean, that's it, now. It, I'm it, saying that the landscape was different. If you go if you go back and you think of like Haji playing in Romania till he was 25 and stuff. Yeah, right. That would never happen today. But from 1986 to 1996, a 10-year period, he was playing for St Mirren and Motherwell mm. before he then went on to lift the Champions League and play very, very well in the final. And he loved it at Dortmund and he, he would have stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some, I think, family health issues that that, that, that saw him uh, yeah. in moving back. And the, the last game he played would have been in, I think, November 97 yeah. um, against Palmer in the UEFA Cup. I remember him telling me about that. And, you know, there are all these um, banners out for him asking him not to go. And, um, yeah, yeah he, was, he was all a bit teary. About it, and he's he's retained that relationship with Dortmund. He I mean, has when he went that, back and did his coaching qualifications. He he, he went there and mm-hmm. observed and stuff. Yeah, I I think it's, it's an incredible story. But again, at the time, it was like he's going off to Bruce. I, I remember people going, "Really?" I mean, I, I know he, he you know he had a decent season with Motherwell that, that year, and I understand again. You can't stress enough the landscape of football was totally different, and Dortmund were not the... Well, they were building to the... I mean, obviously, they won the, the league and then they would have a bit of a dip and then they're the side that we know now. Well, what made it so incongruous is they were spenders in that yeah, day. They were. And he was definitely not that end of the market sure. as, as well. When you started talking about um, Scotland, I thought you were going to say Mo Johnston to Rangers. Hmm. Yeah. That's incongruous. I suppose so. And remember, for remember, all the wrong reasons. Remember scoring the winner as well in his first yeah, Glasgow yeah, derby, yeah. his first Old Firm derby. I can remember that goal like it was yesterday. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the spicy transfer, shall we say? Well, because it looked as if he was coming back to Celtic, didn't yes. it? And then um, Graham he, Soonis um, thought, Nah, what can I do? They'll get up Celtic's <laughs> nose. Uh, and and didn't he just, Andy? Didn't he just he this, get the, hit the nail this, on the head? This was years before he was planting the flag in the centre circle in Istanbul. Oh, my goodness. I think with, with incongruous transfers and all that, it, somewhere quite nice to look is the really talented player who's either coming to the end of their career or a little bit sort of down on their luck and so on. I think, would, would Mario Balotelli maybe some of his transfers? Or do you think that as it started to tail off, that kind of made sense? Any any of them really? I mean, mm. it did seem an inevitability that he would end up. What well, I thought before this summer in Turkey, it's a surprise that it hasn't yeah. hasn't happened before. Yeah, but I, th- I think both him and Hatem Ben Arfa going to Nice were really weird ones. Mm. But really, I, it's really daft. They didn't realise what they had. 
Yeah. And they both walked from Nice, and neither have been as good since. Yeah. No, they haven't. I mean, you know, Ben Arthur has arguably like, wasted his, his prime, hasn't he? Sort of dotting about between Paris Saint-Germain, where he never played, by the lead. He did win the cup. Ren. <laughs> Who was that with? Uh, Ren. Ren, yeah. yeah. You always got that. Last one, Frank Lampard to Man City. Yeah, I almost forget that happened. And he scored against Chelsea. Yeah, was yeah. It, oh, I think it was a one-all draw, if my memory serves me well, but... That was it's just weird to see him in another kit. Yeah. You don't think of Frank Lampard having played for two Premier League, well, West Ham, but as in post-Chelsea, you think, well, he went to the US. No, if I ever catch a glance of... I've just given you an answer there for a potential uh, Luke Scammon. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever catch a glimpse of Frank Lampard in Manchester City Blue, mm. I immediately think, oh, there he is in his New York City FC kit. Yeah. And, and then what about Rio like, Ferdinand in the QPR kit? Yeah, that's, that's a strange one. <laughs> they saw, well, QPR, that period, that was a bit odd for them, signing some of those players. But anyway, that's a whole different story. Vargas! <gasps> oh, Isla! Oh, my goodness. I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, transfers there we could have sort of pointed to and people, you, you good people listening, have gone, but what about that one and that one? Yeah, I just, it goes on and on. It's, why, it's another reason, yet another reason, Andy, why we love this game. <laughs> I love this game, in the words of Patrice Evra. You're not going to say Patrice Evra to Monza, are you? Mm, yeah, no, I think I will. We'll have that one. Right. And George Best to anywhere after Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. Thank you very much for listening to Ramble On. It's been a pleasure, uh, of course, um, you beautiful Patreon people. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. See you soon. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.